from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen This that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite Weekly battles, rating shattered, this a revolution This is change to what the game is used to doing This is all about that dark and light contrast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast Welcome to a very special Double or Nothing edition of the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show, I want to thank all our subscribers from all over the world. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for following us on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night. And thank you for just following us along on this journey. We're all fans here, and I am so appreciative of everyone's support. Thank you. What an amazing pay-per-view this was. AW, they are constantly delivering on their pay-per-views, on their weekly episodes. But really, this was a great show. Double or Nothing 2020, this was one year. This is the one-year anniversary from AEW's very first show, Double or Nothing 2019. And yeah, this was just amazing, top to bottom. They had people in the crowd, just like the shows, so you didn't have that feeling like the dead silence, the emptiness. AEW's really good with that. I feel like this was the most normal feeling show and pay-per-view since the whole pandemic which was really good because people wanted an escape and that's what AEW gave like I said this show was just phenomenal and just delivered on all cylinders we had craziness from top to bottom the main event was just absolutely insane the title matches were phenomenal I was just on the edge of my seat for most of the show so as you already know I was a big fan of it let's get into it the buy-in the pre-show we had a tag team match, the Best Friends versus the Private Party. It was nice seeing Private Party in the ring after quite a while. They haven't been wrestling because of the whole travel ban and the pandemic. They just came back, and now they're in this match here with the Best Friends. And the Best Friends, they've been on, on a weekly consistent basis for AEW. So we did see some ring rust here from Private Party, and the Best Friends seemed to outmatch them in this match, which was... A good thing that they won the match because if they didn't then that would have been a little weird but I really enjoyed this match it was great to see Private Party again 
it was a nice little match for the pre-show. Now, the show opens up, the main card opens up with the nine-man casino ladder match. Casino battle royal ladder match or whatever they're calling it. This was just crazy. We had action from top to bottom. Everybody in this match delivered. Brian Cage was the mystery guy. Brian Cage is finally here. There's been rumors for months if Brian Cage is with AEW or not. He's aligned with Taz, which is very interesting. I can't wait to see what comes of that. Brian Cage wins this match. He is now the number one contender, which is awesome right off the bat because here's a guy who is physically opposing. He's a great athlete. He's been around for a while. He's been on other... uh, Television shows like Impact Wrestling, like Lucha Underground, and he's somebody who definitely adds to the men's division in AEW. He's someone who has size, athletic ability. Like I said, he's he's just a great wrestler, so I'm glad that he's here. I'm glad that he's getting a title shot because him and Moxley's going to be phenomenal. MJF versus Jungle Boy came after this, and this was another really good matchup, and this matchup really showed how well... The future looks for AEW because you had, I think, MJF is 24. I believe Jungle Boy is 22. I could be wrong about that. But this was a great match. And if this is the future, then I'm excited because MJF and Jungle Boy just threw down. They had a phenomenal outing here. And Jungle Boy is really growing into his own. We all know MJF is the best heel right now in wrestling. So this was a really good match. I'm sorry if I sound redundant, but this... Just really blew me away, the show. After this, we finally get the finals to the TNT title tournament. We get Cody versus Lance Archer. First of all, Mike Tyson comes out. He's the... I don't know if he was like special enforcer, but he's there to like reveal the belt. And he's also there to present the belt to the winner of this match. Mike Tyson looks phenomenal. He looks like he could step into the boxing ring right now. It was really good seeing him. Like I said in past episodes, I'm a big fan of Mike Tyson. So this was really cool to see him involved here in AEW. They were saying how he's a diehard fan and watches on a weekly basis. I wouldn't be surprised. I know he is a big wrestling fan. So that's really cool to see. And I hope that he has more involvement with AEW going forward because I think he brings legitimacy and he like solidifies that this is a big deal because Tyson is a top name. So if you got Tyson on your show, this is a big deal. Cody and Archer really brought the heat here. This match felt like a grudge match, which was a great layer on top of it being for the TNT Championship match, on top of it being the end of a tournament. This was a great grudge match. Cody's matches on pay-per-views have always had the emotion factor, and this was not different. They really had good chemistry. Lance Archer was tossing him around like a rag doll. Lance Archer is a monster. He really proves that here in this matchup. And... I really enjoyed it. Cody Rhodes wins this matchup, which was kind of surprising. I didn't know if they were going to have Cody be the first champion. I didn't know if they were going to have Lance Archer lose his first big major uh, pay-per-view matchup for AEW. But he did lose. Uh, I think Cody could definitely bring some prestige to this belt right off the bat, which is a good reason why they gave him the belt. But... Yeah, this was a really good matchup on what was a really good show, and I enjoyed it. Mike Tyson presented the belt to Cody after this. He he took off his shirt. He was ready to fight Jake the Snake. He looked great. This was a really good moment, and like I said, I'm excited to see where they go from here with the title because, like I said, right off the bat, the title has 
prestige to it, being that Cody is the first champion. The title belt looks cool, too. I know that they're going to finish it. The design is kind of plain, but due to COVID-19, the designers couldn't finish it right off the bat. So the they wanted to have a title for the show, so they have the unfinished world champion here, but they're going to add more detail to the title to make it look even better, I guess. Really good match. Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander was after this. This was pretty solid. Statlander wins here, and she continues to build her stock in, uh, or race her stock in AEW. Really solid match. After this, Sean Spears comes out. He's in a suit. He calls out Dustin. He doesn't expect Dustin to be here. He plays like a little trick on everybody, has Dustin's song play, but Dustin comes in, doesn't come out right away. And then it happens again. Dustin actually appears. And he makes quick work of Sean Spears. I don't know if this is Dustin's last match. I know there's been a lot of rumors that he's retiring. I, If he's retiring, then it was a really good career. An amazing career. An amazing showing in AEW. Much respect to Dustin Rhodes. Thank you for all your contributions to the wrestling world. You're phenomenal. I know he wants to open up a wrestling school. I know he wants to have like a developmental for AEW, so he's going to continue to contribute for AEW. But yeah, if this is it, thank you because that was awesome. We then get the women's title match between Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose. My opinion, this was the best women's match in AEW history. Now, I know I said that before, but this tops all the prior matches that I said that for. First of all, Nyla Rose really came to her own as top monster heel. She really played that role really well. Hikaru Shida is probably the best athlete in the women's division for AEW. And she is really good and well-deserving of the title. They really meshed well. They had really good chemistry with each other. I really enjoyed this match. Hikaru Shida wins the uh, title here. She's the new women's champion. I am excited to see where they go here with Hikaru Shida in the title. I'm sure Nyla's going to get a rematch. I know... Nyla was starting to look really strong on television, especially since she came back to TV. So it was a little shocking that she lost the title in her first major title defense. But, well, since coming back, because she did have a match against Statlander that she ended up winning. But there, I don't know if you guys hear this fireworks in the background. I can't keep stopping and restarting. But yeah, there's fireworks in the background. Memorial Day's tomorrow and my neighborhood started early, I guess. So, sorry about that if that's a little distracting. After this, we got the world title match. John Moxley versus Brody Lee. This had a big fight feel. Security was in the ring to make sure that they didn't touch each other until the bell rang. These guys beat the living crap out of each other. Brody Lee looked like a megastar. All I could think about is how WWE missed the boat with this guy. This this match proved that he could hang in the main event scene. John Moxley just really brought the violence, really made everything look so believable, was just slugging Brody Lee. He was this match was amazing. Like I said a couple weeks ago and I believed on the last podcast, these guys have great chemistry every single time they're in the ring with each other and this proved it because they just had a really good match. This was a world title match. They had a spot where John Moxley did the paradigm shift DDT onto Brody Lee and they went through the stage. Very ECW-esque. Really good match, man. Like, John Moxley retains. He, it was very believable. Brody Lee looks strong because he passed out to a sleeper hold. He didn't tap. He didn't get pinned. So, Brody Lee's still strong. I don't know if they continue this feud. I don't know 
if Brody Lee goes on to someone else after this. But all I know is Brody Lee really solidified his himself as a main eventer in this company and in the wrestling world because this was a phenomenal match. After this, we got the main event. Stadium Stampede, Inner Circle versus the Elite. The Elite. And I just got to say, this was phenomenal. This was probably the best cinematic style matchup since the pandemic. And that goes for all companies. That's including the Boneyard match, the Firefly Funhouse match, the Money in the Bank match. This was absolutely insane. Way too many things to go over here. From Everybody played a significant role in this match. From Hangman coming out on the horse and chasing Sammy down and then going to the bar. From Chris Jericho just being his witty, like, comedic gold self. From everyone chasing Sammy Guevara and Sammy has to continue to outrun everybody. From Matt Hardy getting put into a, well, getting drowned in a pool and it actually has water from the Lake of Reincarnation and he comes out with three different outfits again. He has classic Hardys and then Matt Hardy version one and then back to broken Matt Hardy. Matt Jackson doing a moonsault off the goalpost. Challenging the call. <laughs> Unsportsmanlike conduct. This was just insane. I I can't put this over enough. I really enjoyed this. This match was the most fun match I've seen in a very long time. Only could happen in AEW. They really... the One, they really benefited from owning a stadium because that added so much to this. I really love this. I know it sounds like I'm just like gushing over this pay-per-view, but this was a phenomenal pay-per-view in my mind. The ending spot of Kenny Omega hitting the one-wing angel from like 20 feet up in the air on the stands through like whatever wood structure that was, that was just absolutely insane. Like... They have to throw Sammy Guevara a bone or something in the coming weeks because this guy's been taking so much punishment. And then on top of taking punishment, the guy's been in so many, like, GIF moments for AEW as of late. All I know is, yeah, I am so excited to see what happens this Wednesday because, yeah, this was a hell of a show. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I definitely enjoyed it. My favorite pay-per-view this year. I... Gosh, man, I don't know. I think match of the night, I would give it if it was, well, the main event was, I don't even know if you could call that a match. That was just a mega brawl. But if I want to go like pure wrestling, the match of the night is a toss up between John Moxley and Brody Lee and MJF and Jungle Boy because both of those matches were phenomenal. I think we're going to edge it a little bit to Moxley and Brody since there was a title involved and it was had more of a big fight feel. But that is high praise for MJF and Jungle Boy being even in that conversation with the title match. So, really cool. Like I said, amazing show. 9 out of 10. I can't wait for the fallout. Stay tuned. This Wednesday, back to regular schedule programming. Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. NXT versus AEW. Thanks for listening, guys.
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.